This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads on our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. If you'd like to join us in person, our talks take place at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Do things associated with the Bible get mentioned much in the news nowadays? Well, surprisingly, yes. And you'll see this later in the handout that we're going to give out. It's called the Ormskirk Ramshorn. But first of all, though, we're going to go back in time into the recent past to news a few years ago. In 1967, a typical national newspaper headline read, President Nasser gives warning of all-out battle. And it went on to say, this is quoting from the article, unless one side gives way, the Middle East is still, still set on a course for war. President Nasser said last night that the United Arab Republic would not give up its rights in the Gulf of Aqaba and that any aggressive Israeli act against Syria or Egypt would, le would lead to an all-out battle. And then he added, significantly, and our main objective will be the destruction of Israel. The famous Six-Day War of June 1967 captured headlines all over the world. Psalm 83, which was read by way of introduction, states in verses 3 and 4, echoing the words of President Nasser, they have taken crafty counsel against your sheltered ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. Also, remarkably, the conspirators listed in verses 5 and 6 correspond almost exactly to those countries which lined up against Israel in the 20th century. That is Egypt, Syria, Jordan and Lebanon. The hand of Almighty God was at work, unknown to the world at large, and in the main, it was also unknown to Israel itself. And although heavily outnumbered, Israeli forces inflicted a crushing defeat on those Arab nations securing much strategic land but most important of all taking control of Jerusalem for the first time in 2,500 years and this was also foretold in the Bible in Luke 21 verse 24 where we read and Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So this fulfilment started in 1967 and it is still happening. The formation of the modern state of Israel 
took place in May 1948, following a United Nations resolution proposed in the first place by Russia. The Zionist movement, which eventually brought this about, had been active since Victorian times, that is, since the 19th century. It was greatly helped by the Balfour Declaration in 1917 and speeded up by the horrific treatment of the Jews at the hands of Nazi Germany during World War II, when six million men women and children were killed in the concentration death camps. Holocaust Day, which remembers this horror, takes place in January each year and it always gets a mention on the radio and TV bulletins and in newspapers. In late autumn of this year, the Prime Minister of Israel was in the news, although I've got to say, not with much prominence. Mr Netanyahu, the Prime Minister, got the most votes in a recent Israeli general election, but he didn't get enough at the time to form a government, and he was having negotiations to try and form a coalition. This reminded us of a, an exchange at the United Nations which did really get in the news, and that was in 1917, uh, sorry, 2017, between Pal Palestinian President Mr Mahmoud Abbas and Israeli's Prime Minister Mr Benjamin Netanyahu. And it was about the Balfour Declaration of 1917. So a hundred years later they were talking about it. And we quote them exactly, exactly what they said, in the United Nations. Mr Abbas said, we ask Great Britain, as we approach 100 years since this infamous declaration, to draw necessary lessons and to bear its historical, legal, political, material and moral responsibility for the consequences of this declaration, including an apology to the Palestinian people for the catastrophes, misery and injustice this declaration created and to act to rec rectify these disasters and remedy its consequences. He finally said including the reassignment of the state of Palestine. This is the least Great Britain can do. Israeli Prime Minister Mr Netanyahu responded to this hostility against Israel by saying that's almost a hundred years ago talk about being stuck in the past he said the Palestinians might as well sue Iran Persia for the Cyrus declarations that allowed Jews to return from exile to Judea in 539 BC that's what we were talking about this morning and he went on to say or file a class A action suit against Abraham for buying land in Hebron the Cyrus declaration is in Ezra chapter 1 
in the Bible and Abraham bought the land a thousand years earlier as recorded in Genesis chapter 23. The Jews have often been hated as prophesied in the Bible and anti-Semitism is rarely out of the news. The Labour Party being badly damaged by adverse publicity throughout this past year. We'll say no more about this even though it is so important and it was talked about in quite some detail from this platform earlier earlier this year. Nearly 30 years ago an article appeared in the Daily Mail national newspaper it was actually on the 24th of February 1990 and it was written by a famous journalist Paul Johnson and the main headline was Breaking Down Walls of Doubt and it had a subheading How Science is Proving the Truth of the greatest story ever told. It's quite a long article, but we'll talk about just a few points. And it's all about the Bible accounts. It's all about Bible accounts and people, and this is a very interesting read. Scientists and archaeologists had found conclusive proof that the Bible account of the conquest of Jericho by Joshua with its huge thick walls falling down suddenly is accurate in detail that was the main thrust of the article here are six quotes six very brief quotes from the article it, say, it said that of course up to the year 1800 virtually all Christians believed in the literal truth of everything in the Bible both Old Testament and New Testament. But by the early decades of the 20th century, critics had reduced it to a pile of rubble. The Bible, the scholarly consensus insisted, was written by priests at a much later date in order to justify subsequent religious practices. But for the last 50 years or more, the thrust of archaeological investigation, helped by the ability of modern scholars to read the ancient languages, has been in quite a different direction. Archaeologists have dug up tens of thousands of legal and tax records on pieces of baked clay. They refer to people with names like Abram, Jacob, Leah, Laban and Ishmael. They show that these people from the second millennium BC revealed in court disputes or making legal agreements faced exactly the same difficulties arising from divorce, inheritance, childlessness and birthrights as their namesakes in the book of Genesis. It said that Dr. Wood's findings, now Dr. Wood was the archaeologist, Dr. Wood's findings at Jericho are thus merely the latest skirmish in a long-term scholarly offensive, which is proving the sceptics and the scoffers wrong. By a supreme stroke of irony, 
It is precisely the latest technique of scientific research which is proving that this venerable, much-loved tome, that is the Bible, is a solid work of history too. Archaeologists continue to discover things buried in the ground which show the Bible to be true. And there are some further examples in the second half of this talk. The Bible is news and its message of salvation is as up-to-date today as it has ever been. Right, we'll get on to the second half of our talk. And uh, we're going to look at news from 2019, from this year, which we hope that you will find interesting. Before we give the handout out, uh, just, just one definition that I'd like to make, uh, because the word comes up a lot in the articles that we're going to refer to. The term Christian was first used in the first century describing true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's recorded for us in Acts chapter 11 and verse 26. But nowadays, it refers to anyone who belongs to a so-called Christian group or country. That is, that it's not, a, not Muslim or Buddhist or something else. And it's used in this way in the news. So, in fact, we've got 12 items on there. They are 12 items of news from 2019. The first one... Number one, on the 3rd of May, it was reported on the BBC News that the persecution of professing Christians in parts of the world is near genocide levels. This is in a report ordered by the then Foreign Secretary, Jeremy Hunt. Now, the report is 200 pages long, be relieved to hear that I'm not going to read it all out to you. And it states, I've just a couple of couple of brief things from it, but they are significant, extremely significant. People who call themselves Christians are the most persecuted religious group worldwide. And the second thing is that is one of the statistics that back that up in 2003 there were one and a half million professing Christians in Iraq now there are only 120,000 that's less than 10% sadly some people in this room today have personal experience of this sort of ill treatment. A brief one, the next one, number two. TV and newspapers reported on the 3rd of July that a student who had been thrown off his university course in 2016 for his Bible-based beliefs had had a successful appeal in court and was to be reinstated. 
he had posted his fundamental beliefs on Facebook. It's as simple as that. Number three on the list, also on July the third, correspondent, sports correspondent Jonathan McAvoy reported on a tennis game at Wimbledon the previous day and he was writing in the Daily Mail and he said had Lloyd Harris now Lloyd Harris was an American tennis player uh, playing in his first Wimbledon and he said had Lloyd Harris beaten Roger Federer it would not have quite it would not quite have ranked as the biggest shock since first samuel chapter 17 and he went on to say that david had stones with him when he faced goliath harris playing in his first wimbledon was up against the greatest grass court player of all time I think it's most unusual to see a Bible reference in a newspaper. The true story of David and Goliath is not as well known as it used to be. But it's a very, very exciting read. So we would recommend 1 Samuel chapter 17 to anyone listening. Our longest item is the next one, and it's, it's not that long, but it's number four, number four on the list. On the 20th of July, there was an article by David Harkins in the Daily Telegraph, and it was written to correspond with the 50th anniversary of the first moon landing. And his headline was, Faith, as well as science, put men on the moon. And here are some quotes from the article. These are word-for-word quotes from the article. On Christmas Eve 1968, a message was broadcast to Earth from the orbit of the moon. And God said, Let there be light and there was light. These words were spoken by Apollo 8 astronaut William Anders as he and fellow crew members Jim Lovell and Frank Borman recited Genesis chapter 1. Now listen to this. They recited Genesis chapter 1 in a broadcast watched by one billion people one billion people many of the 12 men to walk on the moon were Christian two moonwalkers Charlie Duke and James Irwin went on to devote much of their lives to their faith another returned to earth convinced of God's existence and a fourth was a church minister The last of these, the minister, was somebody you'll have heard of, or most of you will have heard of, was Buzz Aldrin. 
who ensured that one of the first acts on the moon was a spiritual one. After landing on the surface in silence, he took bread and wine and gave himself communion. I'd forgotten that. I'd forgotten that. Quite something. Some of the first words spoken on the moon 50 years ago were the words of Jesus Christ. Faith ran out ran throughout the United States space program. John Glenn, the first American to orbit the Earth, said on his return from a second voyage, to look out at this kind of creation and not believe in God is to me impossible. A lot of these men, these astronauts, were top scientists and they had a belief in the Bible. We ask whether after 50 years there is still the same amount of faith. Number five. On the 29th of July, the Daily Telegraph and BBC Lunchtime News reported that atheist parents are taking their children's primary school to the High Court, claiming that biblical reenactments and praying in assembly are a breach of their human rights. This was going to the Court of Appeal in November. But how times have changed. When I was at school, morning assembly was taken for granted. According to the Daily Telegraph of 11th of July of this year, Christian belief has halved in Britain in the last 35 years. Number six. The bottom one in the left-hand column. Number six. On the six o'clock BBC News on the 1st of August... There was a report of dangerous floods in northwest England. A reservoir was in danger of collapsing and flooding in Whaley Bridge and killing residents. Whaley Bridge is just the other side of Stockport and it's got a population of 6,000. Both the reporter, Judith Moritz, and a farmer who was interviewed and filmed and appeared on the news described the rain as of biblical proportions. Reporter Anna Jameson used the same words on Radio Manchester. The floods were an awful danger to life, but not on the scale of the flood which Noah and his fam- from which Noah and his family were saved. This story is in Genesis chapters 6, 7 and 8 and is another very exciting read. The top of the next page, the, the one under the ram's head. Number seven. On the 4th of September, there was a United Kingdom budget, and it was the first one by Savid Javed. 
The Labour shadow Chancellor, John MacDonald, commentated that he didn't believe that the sudden show of generosity from the Conservatives was anything like a, and what he said was, a Damascus Road conversion. He was very cynical about their motives, and these proceedings were live on TV and radio, and I actually heard it live. I heard his comments live on my car radio. And we wonder how many people would know what he meant by a Damascus Road conversion. This is a very important story about the Apostle Paul, and it's recorded three times in the book of Acts. In chapters 9, 22 and 26. Paul had been persecuting the Christians, but on a journey he saw the risen Lord Jesus, and he was completely changed, becoming one of the most prominent apostles preaching about Jesus. Number 8. On the 24th of September... At 6pm, Sky News reported that scientists have discovered evidence of the ancient kingdom of Edom, previously thought by many people to be a myth in the Bible. Edom was mentioned in our opening reading. We quote in the Bible, Edom has been described as a place where kings reigned before any Israelite king reigned but is later said to have been defeated and plundered by one of those Israeli kings, King David of Israel. Such tales have been scoffed at by plenty of historians down the years. But the report says that archaeologists have found a copper production site with advanced technology thought to be about 6,000 years old. So yet again... The Bible record is shown to be accurate. Number nine. On the 3rd of October in the Daily Mail, there was another case of Christian belief being challenged. Now this time, to be fair, the judgment was against the believer. And the headline was, judge backs the sacking of such and such a doctor the judge ruled that benefit chiefs were right to sack a Christian doctor and that he couldn't expect to work according to his belief in the bible version of how God created male and female number 10 this time it's news from America. On the 4th of November, the Los Angeles Times had the headline, Days After Breaking Pelvis, Former President Carter is Back Teaching in Sunday School. Jimmy Carter taught a Bible lesson on life after death less than two weeks after falling and breaking his pelvis. With help... He sat on a motorised lift chair at the front of the room to teach a 45-minute lesson about the book of Job. 
He is the oldest ever United States president and this story was also reported in the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, linking in with number six that we've already covered on November the 7th there was torrential rain in Yorkshire and the BBC News reported biblical rainfall in the streets of Sheffield hundreds of people were stranded in the Meadow Hall shopping centre and one contractor said actually on the news when interviewed that the rain was not far from biblical. We wonder what he actually knew about Genesis chapter 6. Number 11. On November the 17th, an article appeared in the Calgary Herald, headed, Nothing Wrong With Prayer, but Alberta must not return to the days of Bible Bill Eberhardt. Alberta, one of the states in Canada. This man, Bible Bill, was a state premier from the 1930s, who the writer claims introduced and promoted a retrograde society based on 19th century morals attitudes, sexism and racism. The article criticises Paul's teaching on the role of women in the church and also criticises some modern day politicians who want to revert to some of these standards. On the same day, this is not on the list, but on the same day Apple News had a piece what does the number three mean according to Bible numerology? It stated that the number three occurs 287 times in the Bible and speculated about what it might mean. The final one on our list was also on the 17th of November and it was in the Jewish Journal, an American publication which had the headline 1,000-year-old Hebrew Bible on display in Washington. This ancient copy of the first five books of the Bible is called the Washington Pentateuch and is one of the oldest intact manuscripts in America. In the 19th century, a Jewish community in the Ukraine gave it to an archbishop as a gift. Sadly, few Jews believe in the New Testament and surprisingly this might surprise one or two of you nor do they always highly rate some of the Old Testament but they treasure they absolutely treasure the Pentateuch nearly finished but a couple of items have come up in the news in December since our handout was produced very quickly at 16.45 on Friday the 13th of December during a BBC Radio 4 programme which is called Feedback which on that day 
was about the BBC coverage of the election promises, it was the day after our general election, a caller said, these are his, these are his words, not like 50 years ago, nowadays nobody takes a Bible view of this world. Well, this was his opinion, but it's not actually true, true, because we try to. And really finally this time, a headline in the Metro Daily newspaper on the 16th of December read, Tamara Ecclestone gets biblical after £50 million worth of jewellery is stolen from Mansion. The Formula One heiress and daughter of Bernie Ecclestone shared a passage from the Bible and she cited Luke's Gospel chapter 8 and verse 17 and said this to reporters for there is nothing to be hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Tamara probably meant that the burglars would be caught despite trying to hide and cover their tracks. What Jesus most likely meant when he spoke these words was that the message of the gospel cannot be hidden from those who seek it, nor can our real motives be hidden from God. The Bible is, the Bible is in the news people quote from it sometimes within, without knowing this is what they're doing or when they do know not fully understanding the original meaning its prophecies are still being fulfilled and people argue about its truth and what it actually teaches us but we believe that all of it all of it Old Testament and New Testament is the word of God and that our eternal well-being depends on understanding it as much as we can it is a book for today and for tomorrow so we say let us all read it thank you we hope you enjoyed that talk for more downloads videos information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk.